0: If you're a health entrepreneur, coach, or practitioner that wants to turn your expertise into a high six or seven figure virtual business with less stress so you can impact more people at a deeper level while making more money and enjoying a greater quality of life in the process, then the Healthpreneur Podcast is for you. I'm your host, Uriel Kame. I'm a former pro athlete, leading health expert, New York Times bestselling author, and the founder of Healthpreneur, where I help experts just like you create and fill high end virtual coaching programs that create dream come true results for your clients. Now, for a free and in-depth training on how to do just that without manual prospecting, one-on-one coaching, or having to spend years building your online following, head on over to healthpreneurgroup.com forward slash training and jump on to our seven-figure health business blueprint training today. And now, let's get to today's episode. Welcome to the show. Yuri here. Hope you're doing great. Today, we've got a really cool interview with Danielle Brooks. We're going to be talking about the hero's journey of a health printer because what Danielle is going to share with you is a condensed version of 20 years of up and down, of crap hitting the fan, of good stuff that's come from that. And it's going to give you some really good perspective on what is involved in building a successful business. And that's part of my mission with this podcast is to pull back the curtains and remind you that building a successful business is not easy. Yes, let's set the intention for ease and facility and and everything running as smooth as possible, but let's also understand that it's not always gonna be easy, all right? There are gonna be times where they're challenged in a very big way, and do you just give up and and call it a day, or do you keep on going? And and I, I really believe the reason why most businesses fail is because most businesses are not run by entrepreneurs. And what I mean by that is they are not run by people who understand what it takes to be successful in business. So I think this episode will really give you some really cool perspective and wisdom, and I think you'll really enjoy it. So really quickly, Danielle is the author of Good Decisions Most of the Time. She's a nutritional therapist, a clinical herbalist, and the founder of a very successful wellness clinic called um, Lake Washington Wellness. So without any further ado, let's welcome Danielle onto the show and let's jump right into it. Danielle, welcome to the Healthpreneur Podcast. How's
1: it going? Oh, it's going great. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, you're very welcome. And thank you for being here. I'm excited to jump in and uh, share our listeners about your journey, because like with so many amazing entrepreneurs, the journey is is so special and, and I think is really what makes us unique and and, and powerful, I think, in terms of inspiration for other people. You've been in business for two and a half decades. You've been through some ups and downs. Talk to us about how that all got started and how you went from where it all began to where you are today.
1: Wow. Well, you know, let's see. Um, My journey started, oh, 20, yeah, 24 years ago. Um, I I would say that the the thing that really put the fire in in my belly was when I was young, when I was 15 years old, my parents got divorced. And when I turned 17, my mom left. She fell in love with a man who lived across the country. And um, I was on my own. And the last words that she said to me before she left were you will never make it on your own you are too irresponsible you'll never make it and I remember at that point going you know what I will I will show you oh you don't even know (laughs) and it was kind of like one of those moments of you know no I'm not going to let that define me now keep in mind that I was, you know, young and just out of high school when I started and my grade point average was like 1.7 and my major was marijuana 101. So, when I made the decision, so at first, it was like, okay, well, I had to make a living. So I got a job working at a grocery store during the day, and then I was waiting tables at night, and I knew that this was just not what I wanted my life to be like. And so, I made the decision to go back to school, and at that time, I had to take a placement test. And when I went in and I took the placement test, the gal who was giving me the results, she basically looked at me and she kind of shook her head, as if to say, you know what, honey, you are so dumb, you need to start back off at IDO 75, intro to fractions. Wow. And I was, I was devastated. I went home and I cried and, and I picked physical therapy. I wanted to go into physical therapy at the time. And then I thought to myself, you know what, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this. So I went back and I took IDO 75, and then I took 90, and then 100, and I worked my way up, and I ended up getting a 4.0 in all of my prerequisite works, um, classes for uh, physical therapy, including physics one, two, and three. Nice, that's awesome. So the first lessons I would say is, you know, as a young entrepreneur, don't believe those who tell you that you can't and don't listen to the people. There's really only one person that you need in the whole world to believe in you. And that is you. Mm -hmm. The second lesson from that, I would say is you don't need to have a degree or a 3.0 or a 4.0, or you don't need to be, you know, this really wicked smart Yale student to start your own business. You really don't. So how do you, I
0: mean, because a lot of people, especially in the health space, think that they have to have the letters after their name, the certifications, and a lot of time that holds them back from moving forward because they don't think they're good enough or they, they can't charge enough or they don't have the expertise to help someone in their with, with respect to their health. Other than sharing your own journey, are there a, when you're, if you are speaking with someone like this, what advice would you give to that
1: person? You know, I I would give, I went through that, you know, after I graduated, I still didn't feel like I was good enough. Right. So I I went through all of that. And then I, I would say, um, when, when you go to see someone who is going to give you a surgery, let's say that you need surgery and you have two choices, you can choose to go see the surgeon who has got 20 years of schooling, all of the degrees, and all of the certifications, or you can choose to see a surgeon who doesn't have all of that but has been doing the surgery for 20 years. Which one would you choose?
0: Mm I would go for the experience, personally.
1: Right. So I would say, don't worry about it. Don't worry about the degrees. Don't worry about the, the only thing that's going to really give you that feeling of confidence in what you're doing is to actually get in there and to actually do it.
0: Yeah. It's so true. It's, you know, we talk about, it's, you know, we talk a lot about like fear versus courage. And I think a lot of people want certainty before they jump into anything. And it's like listen, like nothing in life is certain. You're not going to have certainty of a healthy baby when you get pregnant. Yet we do it all the time, right? And I think it's it's so important for entrepreneurs to not only get this because if you're coaching clients or getting people to enroll in a specific program you have to offer, they too are going to be going through that same type of fear, they have to have the courage to step into the unknown to work with you. So I think we have to lead by example to take that risk, to believe, as you said, believe in ourselves. That's the big thing. Yes. Because when people want certainty of an outcome, what that tells me is they don't believe in themselves.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I would add to that, um, Uh, see if you can swap out fear for excitement, because I remember after, after I graduated, so I didn't get into the physical therapy program when I applied to it, but I was working at a physical therapy clinic at the time. And, you know, they said, you know, Danny, you're really good with your hands. You know, you should open up your own massage clinic. You should go to school and and open up your own massage. And I said, like, well, I can't, I can't do that. I don't know how to run a business. And, you know, the group of PTs Well, said, yeah, sure you can. And so I did. And the fear that was there, when I did it, when I graduated and I started the business, and back then we were doing everything on 13 columns. I mean, it was like paper and and the HICFA claims that we were sending out were all paper claims. Mm -hmm. But every single time when I looked back, at doing it, I was like, wow, that wasn't so bad. And so I would say when you have fear, like when you graduate or you're working with your first client and that fear starts to well up in your belly and the, the, the thinking mind starts going on about, oh, who am I to do this? And I really don't know what I'm doing. You know, I would say, swap that out for feelings of excitement and say, you know what, I'm excited and I'm ready for what's next. Because when you can swap out fear, because, it's the same thing when you're excited you get that pit in your belly and your pulse goes up and your heartbeat elevates and you you just get excited and so I would say through all the years that I've gone through you know starting and stopping and starting and stopping and facing fear and moving through fear every single time I looked back and it wasn't as bad as I thought that it was.
0: Yeah uh, that's 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 great, and it's we always want that hindsight, right? But the only way to have the hindsight is to go through it in the first place, to have, uh, to have that experience and that wisdom. Um, what is, what, for you, like what is a moment in your journey where you thought to yourself, shit, this was a really bad mistake, or this was a bad move, something that you know maybe cost you in some way, reputation-wise or money-wise, a mistake that you have made, and what's, what did you learn from that?
1: I would say most recently, um, when I, when I, well, when I first started, when I first started the wellness center. Um, and I was hiring people to work for me. Um, I would interview people who were so much more talented than I was. And at first, I shied away from that because my ego was really strong. And um, and that cost me because the people who I hired who were not as good as I was, the, the, the wellness center suffered. Hmm. And so once I learned of, well, gosh, Danny, get over your ego and hire this amazing person, then my business began to thrive because I had people who were more talented than I was. And so when I began to do that, that's when the clinic started to take off. So I would say it cost me when my ego got in the way. And I would say that it really rewarded me when I started hiring people who were better than me. And and I don't mean like better than me, but more talented that had that expertise. Um, another another thing that I would say is that cost me is over the years, you know, once I got to the point where, you know, the wellness center was doing really well and I'd hired a business manager to come in, um, to take care of everything for me, the billing, the bookkeeping, the insurance claims and all the stuff that makes you want to poke your eye out with a fork. That would be another lesson that I would say is to, you know, hire out your weaknesses. But I got lazy. I got to the point where I I had that work-life balance and, um, I got to the point where I was traveling and I was taking, you know, advantage of all that freedom, and I let the business go, and um, then healthcare reform hit. And back in 2016, when everything started getting implemented, so we were primarily a 90% orthopedic rehab clinic, um, and insurance billing and doctor's referrals was our mainstay. And when health reform hit, we lost, um, our reimbursements decreased, and um, the admin to the cost for getting authorizations increased. And I wasn't fully present for that. And I found myself into a position where the the wellness center was really going down and our line of credit was maxed out and I had to just be really quick and kind of shuck and jive. And so I made the decision to rebrand the company and transition to a cash-based wellness center. And so I would say that would be another lesson is don't take your eye off the ball. Um, you know, it's it's when you find that work-life balance, it's really easy to enjoy that and take advantage of that. But nobody takes care of your business like you do. Yeah. So that would be a piece of advice that I would give.
0: That's awesome. One of our one of our clients posted a really cool piece. And I can't remember where this was. This is from like the New Yorker, the New York Times or something, about eight graphs about leadership. And one of them was the ideal, or so you've had like, Imagine four quadrants and at the, at the one end you've got uh, vision at the top and then strategy on the right. And ideally, a really strong leader is has, has like zero compromise on their vision, but they're flexible on their strategy. And on the flip side, you could have a strong vision, but if you're fixated on your strategy, you could very quickly go out of business. In mm-hmm. your case, you kind of demonstrated how you had a pivot from that insurance-based model to more cash-based because the climate, you know, the economy, the the whole political setup had changed around that, um, which was a smart move. Otherwise, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of businesses that were, um, you know, may have gone out of business or were really affected by that. So I just wanted to kind of bring that up. The other thing you mentioned about hiring, I think is a great one about hiring people that are better than you, again, not necessarily as human beings, but just better in their role than you would be doing that. That's a big thing I think for a lot of people to get their head around. You know, you mentioned ego getting in the way. Um, I also think that a lot of people try to cut corners by spending the least amount for the work. So they want someone to do a task for $10 an hour and then they get $10 an hour results and then they complain about it and go back and forth trying to fix the issues instead of hiring someone maybe that's $50 an hour or whatever it might be who's actually very proficient at doing that. So what do you what do you recommend if someone is Bootstrapping their way, like most of us have, bootstrapping their business, and maybe cash flow isn't quite what they want it to be to hire, like a really, really, you know, kick-ass uh, business manager or operations person or, or any kind of team member.
1: Mm hmm. Well, first off, I would say it's um, I would say start with relationships. So when I first started my practice, um, I was right there. I had no money. I had no funds. I had no resources. But I had a group of physical therapists that believed in me. And I was working in a medical building at the time. And I knew a couple of the MDs in the office. And so I would say build your relationships, find people within your community. And don't, again, get your ego out of the way or that fear of not being good enough or whatever, whatever it is that comes up for you about building that relationship or connecting with people. Move through that. Because once I got one doctor that was referring to me and I I respected that doctor. And so they would send us a referral and then we would treat the individual and then we would send out a progress report so that the doctor was the gatekeeper, we never disrespected the doctor. And we always kept them in the loop. And that really built trust within that relationship. So then I went out and I, I met with other physical therapy clinics, and I met with chiropractors, and I met with other physicians. And I literally got in my car, drove to their clinics and tried to set up a meeting with them to say, hey, this is who I am. And this is what I'm doing. And I did have a couple of meetings where, you know, I met with a couple of of doctors and, you know, they kind of looked down their nose at me and, you know, gave me that whole, who are you? You know, you're just a massage therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, and those were the doctors that I didn't build the relationships with. And so I would say if you don't have the funds, build the relationships because those will increase your referral base. And then as you're increasing your referral base, um, what if you hire somebody that you can't afford to pay. So let's say that, you know, you want somebody in the clinic that's going to just really kick ass but um you can't afford them hire somebody who's passionate and motivated and train them um show them the ropes bring them into the clinic and create that company culture that makes people want to be there Mm. um and people will come people will come you will get there
0: that's awesome that's really good advice you two options you have groom people to where you want them to be it takes a little bit longer but that's a great strategy or you just hire out right from the top mm-hmm. of, uh, of the pool. So it's you know, two great options for you guys. Um, Danny, I know we're pressed for time today, unfortunately, but I want to jump into the Rapid Five if that's okay for you. Uh, sure. This has been a great – there's a four or five really good nuggets I've already picked out of this conversation. So hopefully – you guys listening have as well. Um, but as you know, these are a surprise. You don't know what these questions are unless you've listened to the podcast before. And then in which case you would know them. But anyways, whatever comes top of <laughs> mind is probably the right answer. So are you ready? Okay,
1: I'm ready. All right.
0: So uh, number one is what is your biggest weakness? Oh, my biggest weakness?
1: Self-doubt or social media. <laughs>
0: <laughs> which they, they feed each other, right? They feed each other. Right, right. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) Number two, what's your biggest strength?
1: Biggest strength. You know, I would say creating company culture and tenacity.
0: Nice. Yeah, that's huge. That is good. And that's, I think that's how you get people to stick with you for a long time where you don't have the turnover, where you don't have to worry about hiring new people because someone just left because you're a, a Nazi of a boss, right?
1: Right, it's and it, and it makes life so much more enjoyable. I mean, you go into the office and you really just—it's family. It's—it's yeah. It's, yeah, it's beautiful.
0: Awesome. Uh, number three, what's the one skill you've become dangerously good at in order to grow your business?
1: One skill, relationships. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I would say relationships.
0: Number four, what do you do first thing in the morning?
1: <laughs> Wallow <I'm> in bed. <laughs>
0: But well, whatever, I mean, we don't, need, we don't need to go that far if you don't want. But.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I love being in bed. So the first thing that I do is really just really enjoy being in bed with my soft sheets. And then it just kind of depends. Sometimes I'll meditate. Sometimes I'll work out. Um, it depends. I kind of follow my intuition. But I'd say the first thing that I do in the morning when I wake up is just really enjoy, yeah, being That's in bed. Awesome.
0: <laughs> and finally, complete this sentence, I know I'm being successful when...
1: I know I'm being successful when someone going through my Good Decisions online course is at peace with food and their body, and I can make a donation to my global cause.
0: Awesome. That's great. There you go, guys. Danielle Brooks, thank you so much for being with us today. This has been really, uh, it's been abbreviated, but nonetheless, really, really uh, packed full of wisdom. And I'm really excited to have you join us at Health Printer Live, which is going to be great. We're going to hang out and have lots of fun. Um, What is the best place for our listeners to follow your work online?
1: Well, they can follow the Wellness Center at lakewashingtonwellness.com. They can also um, uh, pick up my book, uh, Good Decisions, most of the time, because life is too short not to eat chocolate on Amazon. (laughs) Or they can follow me on my website, gooddecisions.com.
0: Awesome. There you go, guys. We'll be sure to link up to that in the show notes as well for you all. And, uh, Danny, once again, thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Uh, Thanks for having me, Yuri. It's been fun.
0: You're welcome. So I hope you enjoyed that one. I know it was a shorter, briefer one today. We both had a bit of a tight schedule to meet, but I wanted to get that in and really share that that journey with you. So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it inspired you. And if you want to connect with Danielle, she's actually going to be at Health Printer Live. She's going to be joining us in Scottsdale, September 20th and 23rd. And will you be joining us? If not, well, that's unfortunate. Um, But if you're still on the fence then I want to push you over the fence and urge you to check out the event, see if it's a good fit for you, and here's what to do now. So go to healthprintergroup.com forward slash live. That's the event page. On the event page, you're going to see everything that is involved. You'll see the speakers, you'll see the dates, you'll see all that stuff. Um, It's a by invitation, by application event only, okay? So we... We don't just allow anyone in because we want to make sure that it's a curated, vetted event. We only allow 150 health entrepreneurs into the event. And there's a very specific reason for that because we want to create as magical an experience as possible for everyone. So once you're on the page, click the red button that says request an invitation. Fill out the questions on, on the following page. Submit your uh, submit that page and we'll get that information and we'll follow up with you within one to two days at the latest. Health Printer Live is a very unique event. Uh, we had 110 people at last year's event. Um, almost all of them said it was the best event they've ever been to. These are some, pr- I mean, you know, the nice thing is that we have a really good mix of very successful people in the room and people who are still kind of just getting things started. And the reason I want to bring both groups of people together because I'm not, I mean, I, I'm a big believer in, you know, you are who you surround yourself with. And, you know, we do a very, Careful job of selecting the right people to be in the room, and I've been to events where there's a lot of ego. Right, there's a lot of ego saying, "Okay, I'm a speaker. I'm going to be in the green room, and then when I do my my talk, I'm gone." And then you've got little clicks forming of people who've been around for a while, and they kind of ignore everyone else, like they're too cool for school. And that's not what this event is all about. See, our event is about inclusiveness, and if you're if you're if you're at the event, whether you're a speaker or not. Um. Everyone is on the same playing field. So for instance, the speakers who we have this year, you know, Carrie Peters, the founder of Health Coach Institute, or Shannon Graham, who's been on the podcast. Um, Dr. Stephen Cabral, who's one of my mastermind members. And just an amazing, amazing, smart, smart naturopathic doctor. Um, we've got some amazing speakers, but they're also going to be sitting in the crowd, in the audience during when they're not speaking, right? So it's like, there's, there's, they're not too cool for school. They're hanging out. They might be sitting right beside you. And quite honestly, We have a lot of people that are like, hey, I'd love to speak at your event. And I tell them, listen, our event is not about fire hosing information from stage. The vast majority of learning happens peer to peer. You're going to spend a lot of time during breaks. You know, we've got 30 to 45 minute breaks, a lot of roundtable discussions, a lot of peer to peer learning where you are teaching what's working for you. You're learning from from what other people are doing. And that's what makes this event so special and so unique is that It's not a top-down approach of like saying, hey, here are these experts you have to learn from. Yes, you might be sitting beside one expert or several experts who are crushing their business and you'll be befriending them, getting to know them, having lunch with them, having dinner with them. And that's what this event is all about. And the reason we put this together is because there's just such a big gap in the marketplace. There's a need for this. As most events keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and impersonal. we wanna stay small, intimate, and more personal to give you that connection to great people, but also big ideas and inspiration to take your mindset and your business to the next level. Space is running out. I mean, we're, we're just over a month away and we have to finalize our numbers. I mean, we have to, our cutoff date basically for the hotel and the venue is August 31st, right? So obviously we only have another two weeks or so before we have to finalize everything. We do have a couple spaces left. If you want one, if you want a spot, head on over to healthpreneurgroup.com forward slash live. I guarantee this will be a three-day experience you remember for a long time to come, and it'll be well worth the investment of your time, of your energy, and obviously just for being there with us. Um, it's it's just a very special experience. So with that said, I want to thank you once again for tuning in. Head on over to healthpronorgroup.com forward slash live. Request your invitation for our annual event, and I look forward to seeing you there.